Welcome to the Be About It podcast. My name is Ben Mercedes and I'll be your host. We'll cover financial, crypto markets, real estate, and entrepreneurship. My goal is to inspire others to be about it and take action. In episode five, I sit down with Blee J. Ennis and we discuss his journey from fleeing war in Liberia as a child to working for a private jet firm in LA and returning back to Liberia now working in private real estate development. Make sure to like, comment, and subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. Uh, Blee J, I'm, I'm so excited that you're here. Uh, thanks for joining me. I look forward to having the discussion that we're going to have. Uh, why don't you tell everyone you know, who you are and a little bit about you know, what you're up to in Liberia? Yeah, thank you for having me, man. I'm excited to be here on this platform. Uh, name is Blee J. Ennis. For those who do not know me, I am originally from Liberia, West Africa. I was born there, uh, left when I was six, seven years old, doing a civil war in the country. Crazy. Uh, came to America, grew up mostly in America. That's where we connected and went mm -hmm. to high school together. And mm -hmm. now I find myself uh, working back uh, back in Liberia. So came back full circle and, and saw the blessing and excited. Yeah, that's incredible. Um, talk about, I mean, that journey. You got here at what age? Seven years old. And you went straight into elementary? Yeah, middle? seven years old. Yeah, I came straight into elementary school. I was living down south. Now, when did we you first know came. English at that point? Yeah, I knew okay, English. Gotcha. Yeah, English English is a primary language okay. uh, in, in Liberia. We have our local dialects that yeah, we speak, yeah. but um, English is the primary language for, for most of the country. So, gotcha. I mean, I, of course, I, I, had the, I had the accent when I first mm -hmm, came, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Um, but, you know, still understood English, could yeah. speak English. So, that, yeah. you know, that that was a good thing compared to a lot of other immigrants who come where Gives English is a barrier. It's your leg up, man. My, you know, I think about my dad. He was one of the first Dominicans in this area. Mm. And like, yeah, when he got to New York, he didn't really know English, you know? Yeah. He's a teenager. He's probably like 11, right? So, um. As you said, that language is a barrier. Um, so you're from Liberia. You've obviously high school, college degrees. You're now back doing business in Liberia. Let's talk about Tribe Buchanan. Yeah, so Tribe Buchanan is a, a, a construction, an architecture and construction firm. We like to call ourselves a design build firm. Mm -hmm. um, so we design and carry out the contracting. Um, I am the head of operations for Tribe Buchanan. And uh, our company is probably about, um, we're almost two years old um, in, in Liberia. So I studied international business in undergrad and studied real estate development in, in grad school. And Tribucana was um, some match made in heaven. Um, mm -hmm. I was looking for a means and a ways to connect back with the continent. How do I work? How do I give my skills? How do I give my resources and my education back to my country in, mm -hmm. in some way? And uh, and partnered with um, with a U.S.-based construction firm, firm called H&H uh, &H Enterprises. The CEO of that company, um, ironically, um, he, he's a pastor, but he's mm -hmm. also the, the head of a major construction company. He was going to Liberia. He got invited by my dad to go to Liberia on a church mission trip. Um, my dad met him and said, hey, you know, I want you to meet my son. My son is into construction. He's into business. It'd be mm -hmm. great for you to meet him. I just happened to be in Liberia during that time. And he and I met and we we stayed in touch. And, you know, one day he reached out and said, hey, you know, I want to to help people back in Liberia, but I don't want to be the typical American that's just giving money to starving kids mm -hmm. or just paying school fees for kids. I want to create real sustainable change and, and, and development. What would it take for us to bring our minds and our heads together to start a construction company um, that could 
could be a competitive company and, and give Liberians some work to do and develop their skill set. So that's how that company was birthed. Um, and, and now I find myself basically living, living my dream job. And mm -hmm. it's, it's, it's a lot of work, but you know, they say when you are, when you're having fun, you never work a day in your life. So it's, 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 it's been an exciting journey. Yeah. I consistently look up and I see you posting things in Liberia development and, you know, just, you know, your, your updates. And it always reminds me of like the Dominican Republic. Um, even from like an infrastructure standpoint, right? Yeah. My, my, my parents went, or my, my dad and my sisters, uh, went to the Dominican Republic and they're like, you know, it works good in the capital, like a GPS, uh -huh. like everything's good in the capital. And then the further out you go, like your yep. GPS starts working and it becomes a whole different place. And exactly. it's like, you're in a position where you can literally bring innovative real estate, uh, you know, you can realize it in whatever form of building, you know, be it residential, commercial, um, and you're able to capitalize on that yep. in, a, in a space that seems like there's a huge market for that. Huge opportunity. Um, what are the returns like on something like, you know, projects that you guys are working on? Well, on the uh, on the construction side, we're basically we serve kind of as a general contractor, right? Yep. So private and public clients are hiring us to execute their their architectural work or mm -hmm. their construction projects. So, um, you know, for us, it's, you know, we're charging the base rates on, on doing those projects, whatever mm -hmm. our profit, our overhead is, we, we charge that, we execute the project and we get that done. Um, I have another company called Akemba investment group. That's a real estate development and, uh, an investment firm, mm -hmm. um, that's focused more so on the ROIs, um, and, 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 and cash flows and, you know, projects vary, man, uh, to get, kind of give you an example, uh, when I first started traveling back to Liberia and we started a Kemba investment group and I was uh, just researching real estate in a market mm -hmm. um, in a capital city in one of the, the prominent neighborhoods, a one average one bedroom was as high as 2,500 US dollars per month. 2,500 US dollars per month, right? So although that- Sounds like Boston. It's crazy. Although that didn't represent the masses of the people that represented mm -hmm. the expat communities that represented the, the foreign nationals and companies that were in the country, so, mm -hmm. it showed you that there was a high demand for quality properties um, and there was a low supply um, in, in the market. So um, I started doing a lot of research and, you know, we realized that, you know, people were making, you know, 80, sometimes close to 100 percent returns on their investments um, just because there's no market. There's no market cap. You know, to how much you can make. Um, mm -hmm. You're starting from ground zero, so you know the sky's the limit to how much you 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 can really make. But I would say, you know, on average, some of the deals that we've structured um, and 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 that we're looking at, you know, you're looking anywhere between like thirty to forty, you know, to fifty percent ROIs on you know on, on some investment properties. Nice. As we were talking about a little bit off air, uh, there's a company called uh, Roofstock. Um, I think they sell uh, like listed properties. So you would mm -hmm. sell like turnkey properties in mm -hmm. Liberia to an investor like me yeah. who wants to invest passively uh, on like a literally like I would I would purchase it. Maybe you would you know help me in that purchase uh -huh. uh, or maybe it, it would be your flip or your construction. Um, but there's another company. Um, I'm confusing the names, but um, this other company basically says, hey, uh, we take on really big corporate and residential projects with mm -hmm. investors, right? So you can actually buy in, you can, you know, invest whatever amount you want. And then we're going to send you monthly quarterly updates on what we're doing with those funds. So you're going to say, hey, you're going to see an update that says, Hey, we just acquired a, a 16 apartment unit in Ohio. Uh -huh. And then you're going to see another email that says, Hey, we're acquiring a 52 story, 
you know, apartment in downtown Miami or, uh, you know, whatever it is, yep. uh, the investor then gets, you know, 10, 15% return. Um, statistically that matches like the S and P 500 and someone's mm-hmm. 401k, mm-hmm. but it gives them the benefit of saying, I'm diversifying my portfolio and I'm investing in real estate. Should the stock market correct? Like it yep. did last year during the pandemic. Yep. Right. Um, so it becomes this store of value of where do I want to store my wealth yeah. or where do I even want to see growth or, you know, what do I want to invest in that'll actually make me feel good? Yeah. Like if you had a site that said, Hey, Tribe Buchanan or, you know, whatever company name. And it said, we're going to fund projects in Liberia and we can, you can expect to see 10 to 20% returns. I think a lot of Americans and, you know, people in different markets yeah. might be open to that because it's a way for them to get into real estate passively yeah. while seeing a return and then still being updated on, you know, the projects themselves and the change that's being done on the ground. So yeah, that's, I think that's, 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 that's a whole business idea. It, it, right? it is, man. Yeah. It is. And, and we talked about it. Like I, I had mentioned uh, a Bitcoin mining fund. Like what if I wanted to create a farm, right? There's a lot of people who don't want to do the mining, but they want to passively invest in mining. Yeah. So it's, it's that same idea. Uh, and you're in the perfect spot, right? To put sure. yourself in between, you know, Airbnb rentals and even like corporate development. Absolutely. So, um, talk about how, you know, growing up here, you're an immigrant. What's the school life like? What's high school like? You know, you got a few degrees. What is that like? You must feel like an overcomer. You got your dream job. Um, it, it's like, it's almost like everything you've wanted, you've gotten. <laughs> yeah. how, how have you done that, sir? <laughs> Man, a, a, a lot of determination, a lot yeah. of faith, um, but you have to put in the work. Um, mm. I, I think for me, I've always been confident and, and believed in my abilities, even if I didn't know how to do something. Mm. Um, I felt like I knew how to do it. I would say mm. I knew how to do it just to put myself in a room, mm. um, just to put myself in the field. Mm. Um, you know, as you know, I played I played football in, in, uh, in, yep. in high school and, and played sports in high school. So. Um, you know, for me, just being in that position of, of, you know, I was a captain of a football team. So, you know, learning leadership, mm-hmm. um, you know, learning to be able to, to lead other people, um, in, in something was, was very important. So, you know, obviously coming as an immigrant, um, you know, you, you get teased, you get made fun of because of your accent and how mm-hmm. you dress and how and you look you and, and what you eat, all, all, all of that stuff, mm-hmm. you know? So for that, that's a hit. It's a hit to your confidence, you know, as, mm-hmm. as a young kid. Um, but you have to be able to find yourself and you have to be able to rise up from it. And I think the, some of the most successful immigrant stories have been people who've taken that negative energy and have turned it into, you know, into something positive. They, they flip that around. So mm-hmm. um, for me, I've always had a chip on my shoulders and, you know, always wanting to prove other people wrong. And, you know, man, I, I just generally believed in myself, man. You know, shout out to my parents for instilling just confidence in who I am and, mm-hmm. and being proud of who I am and, and where I come from. And um, I've, I've held on to that for, you know, for a long time. And that's put me in, in, in a lot of doors. And it's always been important for me to share my story. I think, you know, things like podcasts give people an opportunity to share your story. Before there are podcasts, you have to be able to meet someone and be able to talk to someone, have right? Have dinner with someone. You have dinner with or somebody, you know, or read a book before you learn, you know, how do I connect with this person? What do I take from this person? And that was something I was being taught how to do organically, you mm. know, whether I was in school or whether my first job out of college, I was putting myself in positions where, you know, I would tell my story, tell people what I was passionate about. Um, and, and one door opens up another door, one door opens up another door and, you know, find myself where, where I am now, of course, not where I completely want to be, but mm-hmm. it's, it's a, it's a huge stepping stone and, and, you know, it's, it's a monumental, 
um, has been a lot of monumental achievements thus far. Incredible work. Yeah. Um, following you is always awesome. I see the updates. I'm always proud. I see the designs through Tribe Buchanan. I followed when you were in the jet business. Let's talk about your experience in LA. Uh, your young man, yeah. young black man in LA. Yeah. Uh, what was it like working in the private jet business? Man, I was, it was, it was wild, man. Yeah. Uh, it was crazy how I got connected to that. Um, mm -hmm. There was an internship program that I heard of when I was a junior in college. And, yeah. um, and they said, you can go anywhere that you want to go. Um, and I'm thinking, I'm like, okay, I don't want to just do an office or a desk job. I'm thinking, where am I going to be 10, 15, 20 years from now? And mm -hmm. what company do I need to work for? So I'm looking through all these companies. I'm like, boring, 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 boring. Mm -hmm. I see private jet. I'm like, private jet? This means there's a lot of rich and wealthy people mm -hmm. that I get to be around. Um, so I, said, I applied for that internship. Um, mm. I got it. Um, the CEO of the company said, man, a lot of people didn't even apply for this, but I love your story. I love your enthusiasm. Mm. Flew out to LA, started working for the company. They offered me a job for when I graduated, Incredible. um, packed my bags and, and, hey, and, 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 and went out there. And again, like you said, it's the youngest person in the company. I was in my twenties. Mm -hmm. Um, so how, how old was maybe the youngest person outside of you? Um, outside of me was 40. Okay. Yeah. So these were all like retired executives, retired mm -hmm. movie stars and things who just needed something to do on the side. They were just mm -hmm. leveraging their connections and calling up their friends to fly private. And I knew absolutely no one. Mm -hmm. So the CEO of the company, um, he just, he would give me a Rolodex of business magazines and, cool. and, and things. He said, man, start making calls, you know, mm. start calling people. How was that? Man, it was, it was wild, bro. Yeah. Um, and it, the crazy thing was, this was an unpaid job, right? So you live, you're paid you, on commission, paid on commission, but you know, he set incentives for me. He's like, man, I just, I love your passion, your hustle, but here's what I'll do for you. I'll search certain incentives. You make a certain amount of calls. I'll pay you this much. Um, he said, Hey, I have a lot of meetings I go to. If you want to drive me around, sometimes you can do that and follow me. This man was driving a Range Rover. I get to drive a Range Rover around <laughs> and, you know, I built that trust with him. And he even, yeah. you know, he gave me, he gave me his black card one time and was just like, man, go out to some of these nice lounges and things and go and prospect for business. So I would wear the only suit that I had go out to like the SLS hotel in, in LA, go out to the W and just sit there and, and look like I was somebody, you know, and just, and, and just meet somebody and just start talking to them and mm -hmm. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. And that's how I started building contacts. And, you know, and can, I learned so much there? from that. Yeah. Let's go back. Um, had you cold called before he handed you a Rolodex and said, I, I had never him? cold called before. So what, what was that like? Man, it was, it was a lot of mistakes at first. Um, mm. at first he didn't, he, he, he was so such a busy guy. He didn't give me a script. Mm. He said, make some calls, talk mm. about the company and try to get some business. And I'm, I'm, you know, literally you can't hide from the other people in a room. It's just mm. one room. All of us are sitting at cubicles mm. and desks. So I'm there shy, mm. um, afraid to say something stupid not realizing everybody else is about their money. They're not mm -hmm. even, they don't care yeah, if I'm listen. making a mistake or yeah. not at the yeah, end of the yeah, day. Yeah, They'll right. capitalize on my mistake in an instant. Right. So, you know, in a room I, full yeah, of hyenas. It, it was, it was wild, bro. Like if you leave your leads on the desk, somebody's going to take it and call it. And you yeah. know, you'll be hearing about yeah. how they won that business. But my boss came around, he asked me, um, uh, he's like, how many calls did you make? And I said, mm -hmm. Hey, I think I only made like five calls. He's like, man, you've been sitting here for how long? You've only made five calls. So he's mm. like, come into my office. What's, what's wrong? He's like, I know you're a confident guy. You know how to talk to people. I'm like, I don't even know where to start. I told him I've never cold called before. Mm. Um, that's why he wrote my first cold call script mm. for me. He said, practice this script. 
go word by word. I love That's it. how I started practicing how to cold call. And then, mm-hmm. you know, I got comfortable in a script and started, you know, deviating from it and, and creating something that worked for me. I love it, man. So I've been in sales for a long time. Uh, I quit my job in 2018, as you know, to go mm-hmm. full time with my wedding brand and my corporate brand. Mm-hmm. Uh, even now, you know, there's still sales. But when I when my day job was sales, sometimes it would be 100 phone calls a day yeah. and you get 10 people on the phone and you get rejected five times. Exactly. Um, and, and there's something about like facing rejection every single day yeah. and then finding that like glorious triumph of, of going from a cold call to a five figure deal. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I think in general, like salespeople generally just have this extra grit and this extra determination yeah. and they're able just to eat rejection and, and like still get to the next contact Absolutely. with positive energy. You have to. Right. And, and ever to. since I've known you, it's been positive energy and adversity, um, faith and just really good vibes, man. For sure. Like all around. And, and sure. I've watched you go from, you know, acquiring degrees to LA in a jet business to international business. And I'm, you know, super proud to be a friend of yours and uh, just to be able to hang out and podcast, man. So sure, man. It, it's good to catch up. Um, let's talk about, is there a demand for Airbnb in Liberia? Are you connecting yourself with that? What's, what's that bridge look like? It's a, it's a huge demand, especially being in the, in the, uh, construction space. Um, I, I see and hear a whole lot. I mean, there are people who reach out to me consistently when someone's traveling to Liberia, they're reaching out and say, Hey, I don't want to stay with my grandparents. I don't mm-hmm. want to stay with my mom and my dad, you know, somewhere where I can stay mm-hmm. or they'll see, they'll go on airbnb.com and they won't see enough options, right. Or mm-hmm. options that meet their standards. And, yeah. and they want luxury. They want luxury. And they're looking and they're looking for demand, but the supply, you know, the supply is low. Yeah. Right. So um, that's opened up a whole nother avenue of, of business development for me and just opportunities that I'm pursuing. Um, we have a couple projects right now. Um, I have a couple projects that I'm pursuing um, that mm-hmm. we're looking to take existing properties. Um, and, you know, we have a lot of people who are leasing properties. So, um, yeah. Some people don't want to sell, so we're t- trying to take long-term land leases, not land leases, but long-term leases on the property, mm-hmm. um, renovate the buildings, flip it, you know, make some, make our money out of it. We're mm-hmm. looking to acquire some, um, and it's just, it's just so much opportunity that's in the market right now, and it, and it's wide open. Yeah. So as more people are traveling to Liberia for business, as as more Liberians who fled the war or who are diasporans um, in in a community mm-hmm. are now seeing what Liberia is truly like through social media. They're seeing the beautiful beaches. They're seeing mm-hmm. the food. They're seeing him, the entertainment. I they're seeing everything him, else yeah. that you know is 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 not lions and tigers running all mm-hmm. over the place, but it's no, like it's civilization. Man, it's civilization, and yeah. and, and it's and and it's it's life that you know that they're paying for and they're some people are going to bali and going to other other places mm-hmm. and people are like man this is the same stuff that's in africa mm-hmm. you know but the difference in africa is it's like you can literally own a piece of this you know like i posted something the other day on my linkedin mm-hmm. of how um you know i purchased a piece of land for my wife um and All this is what the, cost um what I pay for this, I paid a little over six thousand dollars. Okay, um, what does that get you? It it was it's three lots, so okay. um, four lots is an acre, um, oh, wow. so a little under okay. a little under an acre. So Good I mean, this space. sits sits right on the river, and then mm-hmm. the back view is the river, the front view is the is the Atlantic Ocean. So amazing, man! And I mean, for how, how much you think you're gonna pay for that if you're in the U.S. Six figures, something at, some, at the least, some, something crazy, man. Yeah. So you know, a, a lot of what I've been trying to do is, you know, 
by sharing a lot of the content when I'm back home mm-hmm. is to show people that, man, here's this opportunity here. Um, you know, something that you may try to work your whole life for in America, mm-hmm. you can easily attain it, you know, back home because, you know, time is not going to wait on you. The next 10, 15, 20 years, things are going to take off and things are going to be mm-hmm. expensive. And you're going to be regretting why they're not invest back home. Why mm-hmm. didn't I do certain things, man? So um, for me, I'm as, as I'm home in the midst of challenges, I'm, I'm just looking at all the opportunities. And I know that um, I'm not focused on instant gratification. I know mm-hmm. these are moves and, and decisions and things that are, that are long-term plays mm-hmm. that are going to play off of, of eventually in a positive way for me. I love it. Now, what would, uh, if you were going to make say a two bedroom, two bath, you know, I don't know, house near a beach or, or in a desirable location, what would that cost to build in, in Liberia? So we, um, so th- one of the biggest problems of why people don't like investing or people hadn't invested in Africa before or mm. weren't attracted to invest in Africa was lack of data and information, right? So Absolutely. business people make decisions On off data. of data and right. information, right? So if you mm. don't have the data, you don't have the information, I can't just come and sell you hope and a dream and say, hey, Ben, look, Trust me, two bed, two trust, bad. Me, right? trust me, right? Trust, trust me, trust me, right? You're gonna say, Best. show me, show me the numbers. You know, let, let let it make sense. You, in America, you can use Air DNA. Yep. That's gonna give you Airbnb comps wherever you are. Yeah, two bedroom, one bath, three bedroom, one, you know, two baths. And I mean, like when I'm before the pandemic, we were looking at port, uh, yeah, properties in Puerto Rico, mm. and uh, we're running the numbers, and yep. it's like, all right, we can afford a mortgage, we can pay the cleaning fees, and we can cash flow X. So that's the first yep. thing people are gonna want, absolutely, in real estate anywhere, absolutely. especially in Liberia absolutely. or you know another country. Yep. So uh, how do you acquire that kind of data, man? We um, it's just it's boots on the ground like i I started getting getting on the ground i started you know for like apartment buildings for instance i was Mm -hmm. going um i was pretending to be a uh, a a rentor you know just prospecting hey i'm looking to rent the space getting that information what are the rates rates? um i'm doing measurements hey how big is the space Mm -hmm. so i'll times that i'll say okay this you have x amount of two bedrooms there are you know, there are 1,000, 1,200 square feet. Oh, how many mm. units are in the whole building? You know, just by, by chance. Love oh, it. there are 50 units in a building. Okay, Love I'm doing it. my calculation, accounting for, for common area space. I calculated, say, okay, this building cost them X amount of dollars to build. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing the same thing in residential properties, asking people how much they-, they You're they, learning the you structure. Know, you're learning numbers. the structure, right? Yeah. So I started creating a database and saying, okay, for what I, I, I started creating categories. I'm like, okay, a middle income house in Liberia is going to mm. cost you about 50 to 55 dollars per square foot okay. to build. Um a luxury property um it's going to cost you anywhere between like 65 dollars upwards. It's not that per, bad. Per, per square foot to build. Yeah. The reason the the most expensive part of building in Liberia is the materials, right? Mm. So um and how are they in contrast to like America how, what are they based out of is it concrete? Is yeah, it, well, okay. all, all the houses are built built out of concrete, so no one's yeah. building. Out of, I, yeah, no one's building out of wood or um, you know, or or using um, what do you call it? drywall? Yeah, you know, yep. for instance, some people are now starting to use drywalls in commercial buildings, but mm-hmm. that was not a thing thing yeah. before. And you still have a probably a uh, concrete base. Yeah, concrete base. You yeah, know, in any ways. Yeah. So always. Yeah, but you know the the market is the market is is changing, right? Mm-hmm. So. Uh, people are are on social media. They're on the internet. They're mm. seeing design and development that's being done in other parts of the world. They're seeing other African countries, and they're saying, "Hey, I want to live in homes like this. I want to yeah. visit 
retail buildings or commercial buildings like this. I want to be able to experience this. And one of the things that we're trying to do as a company is, is how do we position ourselves, mm-hmm. um, you know, to be able to be a, a thought leader in the market, right? right? So um, at least for us now, somebody can come and say, because there's always a loaded question. Mm-hmm. You have clients who say, hey, how much does it cost to build a two-bedroom house? And I'm like, I can't just answer that question. It's, yeah. it's a pretty no, they, loaded question. Some, yeah, it depends on what type of finishes do you want. You mm-hmm. know, um, it's, it's like buying a new car. You can yeah. say, hey, do you want the basic package or do you want a limited and upgraded mm-hmm. package, right? So it's the same thing as building a house, but nice. we throw our averages and say, you know, on average, we build at about like 50 to $55 um, per square foot. And we can we can decrease that cost based on decisions that you make on some of your finishing materials mm-hmm. um, as well. So your, your finishes and your materials play a key factor into the price going up um, or the price decreasing. I love it. What do you, what's your take on um, like container homes or do you think that would be a profitable model there as well? Uh, I think it's a, it's a big opportunity. I'm seeing that in a lot of other African markets. Um, mm-hmm. You know, Liberia, for instance, Liberia, um, a lot of people don't know is one of the maritime leaders in the world. Um, after Panama, Liberia um, has one of the highest, uh, the top ship registries in the world. Wow. Um, so tons of empty shipping containers in Liberia, tons of containers in, in Liberia. Wow. Um, we have a huge need for housing, um, especially for the masses. Um, you have the average person who only lives on less than a dollar a day um, mm-hmm. in Liberia. The government's been looking at ways of how do we address um, low-income housing? How do we address mm-hmm. housing for 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 people who've been squatting on certain areas? Um, there's a there's a slum community in Liberia called West Point. Mm-hmm. Um, West Point um, looks like a location. When you see the location, it looks like something that should be in Miami, right? Mm-hmm. With with the ocean. Um, and how it's situated. Mm-hmm. The government's been thinking, how do we get people off of this site for a very long time so that mm-hmm. we can develop this place or give Black it to investors? Mm-hmm. But there's no vision or there's no plan. The government doesn't have the money to relocate these people and to build housing somewhere else. And the only answer to that is if you have you think about sustainable development. So can we mm-hmm. use shipping container houses? Can we mm-hmm. use other um, lower, lower cost and sustainable and effective ways to be able to build housing for people that's not going to break the bank you know, of the government, but it's yeah. also going to be, it's going to be modern. Um, it's going to be innovative and, you know, we, we can start looking at some of these things. So these are conversations that our company wants to start having. We want to mm-hmm. be a thought leader, like I said, in the market when it comes to innovation and, and different type of construction materials. Yeah. When I think of the Airbnb market, um, I mean, literally in Puerto Rico, we're looking at land and I mean, you can get land, you know, that oversees the ocean, um, for not a lot of money, but it's then developing that. And then if mm-hmm. you want to develop that, how can you maximize that? How can I build out five steel container units to have five Airbnbs on one property that share one pool, right? Mm-hmm. This is free game. Yep. You know what I mean? You can yep. literally create an Airbnb community yep. and have five units with rentals, like yep. with an ocean view, five minutes from the beach, 10 minutes from the beach. It sounds like, especially with containers and maritime, like I'm sure containers are cheaper there Absolutely. than obviously somewhere like here. Absolutely. Um, so that sounds like an incredible model. I'm seeing even more and more like in California, they're saying, how can we curb the homeless problem? Yeah. And there are blueprints of like literally mini homes made out of steel. And it's literally like a, a, a bed, a small kitchen and a small bathroom. But, mm-hmm. you know, as people closer to poverty... And some people just want to be free from possessions, right? Yeah, We're seeing more exactly. of the tiny living stuff. Yep, exactly. So, I mean, it, it, A, it, it, it helps poor people who are literally sleeping on the streets. But if people want to live minimalist lifestyle, like that's trendy. Those do really well on Airbnb. So Absolutely. that can be a whole subsidiary Absolutely. Of, of the company. 
Um, I love it. I, I love, love real it. estate. I love it. Uh, from what I see from your photos, I, I think I'd love Liberia. So we've talked about, I have to take a trip anyways. Oh yeah. We should totally, <laughs> that's coming soon. We should totally do that <laughs> and just make it a documentary or, or some film content. Absolutely. Um, but it'd be great to see what you guys are doing, you know, on the ground with projects, uh, and just see the area, man. Yeah, man. And a, a big passion of mine too, man. It's, I think though the world is so big, um, you know, I believe yeah. in taking limits off of, off of the globe. Right. Absolutely. So America has shown that it, Hey, although we're, we're here, America mm -hmm. is not the only place to be able to invest. You have Absolutely. to diversify your assets. So I'm big on trying to get people to Liberia, trying to open up business opportunities and mm -hmm. connect them with, with, with opportunities there as well. Um, mm -hmm. and other African countries as well. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm big on trying to connect with people who are, are trying to tap into new opportunities or even just taking a trip and say, Hey, I want to take a two week trip. Mm -hmm. You know, we can get, get a bunch of like-minded people together. We take mm -hmm. a two week trip out, trip out there. We, yeah. you know, we, enjoy the culture, enjoy the fun and, you know, and we explore business opportunities and see how we build together. And I think one of the biggest satisfaction is, is being able to give knowledge to young local people, right? Like us, mm -hmm. right? There's so many smart and hungry young people who are looking for opportunities. And, you know, and one of the things I realized just my being, my presence back home mm -hmm. um, has impacted so many young people. And, and Love you know, and, and I think that's what I feed into the most, man. So, you know, when I see so many young people who are doing well, who are learning about cryptocurrencies, who are learning mm -hmm. about stocks and foreign exchange markets, all these different mm -hmm. things, I'm like, man, how do we bring this stuff to educate people in other parts of the world who mm -hmm. some of these people are geniuses man they Literally. they they could be the next inventor of the next big cryptocurrency and we don't even know how do we put them in position to get the knowledge so that they, they succeed that. because their success is ultimately our success i love it man yeah a lot of the posts i see you're talking about the youth you're with the youth you're doing projects um and, and i say man you know bleej is someone who cares about the next generation and he cares about liberia um, so I, I think that's remarkable. Every, a lot of, I mean, literally every, every friend that I can think of from Liberia, from Ghana, uh, they're the hardest workers in the room. They work three, four jobs. Uh, they have degrees, um, and you know, they send remittance back home. Yeah. Um, you guys are just like workhorses. I, I, I don't know how you guys consistently do it. Um, yeah. I think it's incredible that you can literally flee war, come here, get an education, and now you're doing international business. Uh, I think that's incredible. Um, we talked a little bit about, you know, I watch the History Channel and they have that series on, you know, Carnegie, uh, Rockefeller, Morgan. We're watching, you know, Steel Come to America and yeah. we're watching New York City go vertical. Yeah. And it literally changed the world. We're, mm -hmm. we're talking about connecting the East to the West with a steel bridge. And now, just like Maritime and, and Liberia, we're seeing, you know, horse and buggy back then yeah. create this new world right and and you're from what you're saying there's so much opportunity in liberia where you can literally implement infrastructure and things that work in america there easily on on a, on a big scale so i think that's tremendous um talk to me about a book uh that has changed your life yeah man um one of my favorite books uh books i read in uh in college um never eat alone um, Never Eat Alone is a book about pers building personal relationships, and that completely just just changed my life. Um, that was a book that I read before I moved out to L.A., mm -hmm. um, and that's what kind of ignited um, just how I moved when I was when I was working in the private jet in in L.A. Yeah. Um, you know, one of my favorite quotes in a book. Um, you know, the author 
um, author uh, Keith Ferrazzi talks about how he grew up poor and he was working on a golf course and and saw how the wealthy interacted with each other. Mm. They helped their kids get into the best schools. They supported each other's businesses. They mm-hmm. they taught each other uh, um, things about finances. Mm-hmm. And he moved and he said, man, I realized that poverty just isn't a lack of financial resources. It's a lack of access to people and information um, that can help you make more of yourself. Mm-hmm. And man, that that was so real and it hit hard so much when I read that. And I'm like, man, that's how the world works. You know, it's mm-hmm. you, you either have the, the network and the connection or you have the knowledge. And if you're not in position to be around people who can help you make more of yourself, or if you're not feeding into knowledge and information that's going to help you make more of yourself, you're going to remain stuck, mm-hmm. right? You're, you're going to remain a slave um, to work. You're going to remain a slave to money for the rest of your life. Um, and, and that book just changed my perspective. And, and, you know, and I'm like, even if I don't have the capital, the hard end capital, I have to put myself in a room or, or get connected to people who have the information or who have the resources that I'm, that I'm going to need in order to be able to excel and achieve my goals. So never eat alone. Um, you know, I have tons of other books, but that book yeah, yeah. In, in particular is a book that I go back and I even, I read it once a year. I go back Love to it. it over and over to pick up new gems from it. I do that with, uh, a few books, rich dad, poor dad being yeah. one. Um, how to win friends and influence people being another um, fantastic books but yeah those are things that just like you want them to kind of shape your personality yep. or shape your behavior yeah uh, to an extent so i think that's incredible um having the conversation with friends and it's like you literally to to, to get where you want to be you need to change your mind absolutely and you need to you know soak up books and podcasts that are going to help you change your mind for the better Yep. And to help you kind of implement that. So um, I think that's amazing. Talk to me about um, what's going on in Liberia. Like how much, uh, it seems like getting financing and liquidity is an issue. Yep. Um, what's the average project going to cost? Like how, how much capital would you need to, to, I guess, to get to that next level? Man, um, again, just starting off financing is, is yeah. a major issue. I mean, it is for most startups and, and mm-hmm. businesses uh, anywhere else in the world. But, you know, in the U.S., you have the banking system where based on your credit score, your income, you can mm-hmm. go to the bank and get a loan for something. But mm-hmm. in Liberia, that system doesn't exist, right? So, mm-hmm. um, for instance, to give an example, uh, we try to go and get some financing for a project. In Liberia. And, yeah, in Liberia. Gotcha. And they were charging a 16% interest, mm-hmm. right? So, charging me 16% interest and then you're charging me 4% interest up front mm-hmm. on that loan. Mm-hmm. So, and then I have to start paying back like That's 20%. Yeah, tomorrow I have to start paying yeah. back tomorrow. And then yeah. you're telling me that my time frame for this loan is only as a new lender is only as a you know as a new borrower rather mm-hmm. it's only 12 months. Mm-hmm. Right? So, it doesn't make sense, yeah. you know, for, at all. For a flip, that works. Yeah. Right? Yeah. That's, but, a, that's yeah. a bad, hard money loan hard at money. 16%. Exactly. Yeah. But on a, on a ground-up construction, that's exactly. a tight time it, it, it kills It kills your deal. And a lot mm. of people are finding, a lot of entrepreneurs are getting into this type of uh, of of financing because they have mm-hmm. no other option. So, yeah. you know, the little lady that's trying to start her bakery mm-hmm. or this man that's trying to start his coffee shop, mm-hmm. you know, where does he even start paying back that loan, mm-hmm. you know, within a span of a year after he's put so much into starting up the business? So, you know, it's 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 a huge problem. Mm-hmm. Um, there are not a lot of commercial banks. There aren't any commercial banks who can lend on a long term basis. There are no mortgage programs or anything like that. So, wow. um, you know, it, it's showing us that, you know, there's an that opportunity for there's, that. There's an opportunity. Hey. Yeah. You know, and, and I think 
um, with a lot of what's happening in in digital currency and financing, mm-hmm. you know, Africa is is wide open because Africa needs to leapfrog, right? So yeah. Africa does not have the luxury like America did to go through, um, you know, different phases, right? Mm-hmm. So literally, we're going. We need to go from where we are now into digital currency. We need to go right. from where we are now. We're all using smartphones. We didn't go through the phases where we we use a sidekick and we use this mm-hmm. and that. People, the content is literally leapfrogging, mm-hmm. and I, I think the, the the financial market is 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 something where technology needs to play a huge part into how Africa is developing from a financial standpoint. Mm-hmm. Um, because there are so many great business entrepreneurs um, that need supporting, so many great business ideas that need supporting, but they just don't have the financial backing yeah. um, in order to be able to do so. So I, I think the future of Africa is it's going to be um, it's going to be the financial markets. How do you how do you rewrite the financial markets that are you know that are basically predators on Mm -hmm. on on young entrepreneurs um uh, who are currently in the market and and stagnate growth and and basically help create monopolies for for larger corporations and and wealthy individuals who have the capital to do what they want to do got it um what's so with that finance issue what's your take on bitcoin man And, and can bitcoin help that area Right. I think I think Bitcoin can absolutely help that area. I yeah. think um, you know Liberia is is rich in resources, is rich mm-hmm. in natural resources. So I think if you're looking at you know um, what are digital currencies, what can you back your digital currencies with? Um, you know, a market like Liberia has any possible natural resource that you know that you can think of. Um, the government is struggling in ways to be able to raise revenue, right? So mm-hmm. um, the the government doesn't even know how how do they go out and get more money. You can't squeeze people out of taxes from it. Mm-hmm. You're already tapping out the big companies that are in the country, but you have a country that's so untapped and rich with so many opportunities. Mm-hmm. And you know, and and I've heard conversations of some people before who were talking about, hey, how do we uh, bring in digital currency into the market? Um, you mm-hmm. know, I think the powers that be. Um, the old heads don't, mm-hmm. they don't understand it. Mm-hmm. So they don't even want to hear it. But, mm-hmm. you know, you're hearing younger people who are trying to get into politics, who are talking about these things that I've been hearing. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. this makes sense. This is, this is literally the yeah. future. And these are things that we need to start doing. Yeah. Um, and I think it's great that um, Bitcoin is is now being recognized by, by top corporations. Bitcoin mm-hmm. is an accepted payment method for a lot of big companies mm-hmm. um, now. And, and I think that's waking up other parts of the world to say, man, I think, yeah. This this is the real deal. This mm-hmm. is something that's going to transform the world. And I think in the next few years, um, I, I think the African countries that adapt um, digital currency, be it Bitcoin, Ethereum, or whatever the case may be, are going to be the ones that are going to tremendously leapfrog. And mm-hmm. and and I'm hoping Liberia plays in into that in in some way or another. Yeah. Um, if you had to say, like, what percentage of Liberia is unbanked, where they don't have banking access due to whatever reason? Man, um, I, w- I would say a good 70% of the country. So at that very point, right? Uh, El Salvador, 70% of people are unbanked, right? The banks get created to quote unquote help the people, but the barrier to just to get in, to get access to what if you live in the country and you have no exactly. transportation, um, they create barriers themselves to financial liquidity and access. Exactly. Uh, so that's a problem. So here comes Bitcoin and it solves that problem, especially from a global perspective, so much so that El Salvador rolls Bitcoin out as legal tender. Mm-hmm. So all you need is a smartphone and Bitcoin and essentially you become your own bank, wow. right? You no longer need the bank. 
If I want to transact value with you while you're in America or Liberia, I send and receive to the same address. Wow. Uh, there is no third party. No one's going to stop that transaction because I have the value and I'm sending it to you or vice versa. Um, I know traditionally when you send money, if you had to send money to Africa, you would either Western Union it yep. or it would have to skip through what two or three banks, right? Yep. And the current banking system, I mean, payments get hung up five, 10, 14 days, funds yeah. get lost. Uh, it, it's so inefficient. And then even with that, when you go to, if you go to withdraw more than $10,000, essentially the FBI will be there, right? Mm. The head of the bank comes out, what, what are you doing with yeah. all this money, Blee Yeah. And so I love that Bitcoin doesn't care about any of that and it doesn't have to deal with any of that. And especially in a remittance standpoint, Instead of sending via Western Union, Western Union taking 5%, 10%, and then someone having to travel to a Western Union to get the money, yep. and then having to deal, maybe it's an unsafe community, right? It's a neighborhood who yep. wants to leave a place with five grand USD, exactly. right? That's a problem. And then a bus ride back. So Bitcoin, it's like you can, you can transact directly to the person. Yep. Uh, and then with the Strike app, you can convert that immediately to USD or mm. whatever coin of choice, or you can hold it in Bitcoin. Yeah. That's it's, it's, it's crazy, man. It's, it's it's the future. Here's the level two with liquidity, Bitcoin, and uh, you needing capital. There are services where you can have Bitcoin, you can uh, collateralize your Bitcoin and get liquidity in USD. So you can get uh, you know fifty thousand dollar loan if you had two hundred thousand dollars of Bitcoin. Mm. You get a twelve month term. Maybe you pay eight percent interest. It's mm. essentially a hard money loan with no credit check. Mm. Um, but now you got. 50 grand to yep. you know renovate a property that you acquire yeah. uh you pay the loan back throughout right. the term or or just before you pay interest every month but you you pay it off before 12 months you get your bitcoin back i think in the future there'll be longer terms yep. and more competitive rates right if i can if i can remortgage my house for three percent and i can get literally usd almost for free it, it needs to be even the terms need to be as good with Bitcoin if yeah. Bitcoin is this scarce digital gold that the world needs, right? Yeah. So that's another way Bitcoin can play a role in, you know, liquidity and financing there. A, a huge um, so yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that. Um, let's talk about maybe a moment in LA when, you know, you felt like your back was on the wall. You, I mean, you just jumped ship, right? You went from Massachusetts straight to LA at yeah. what age? Man, I think I was, what, 20, 25? 25. Yeah, Going to work for a private jet business yeah. with a bunch of older dudes, mostly yeah. white dudes. Yep. Mostly all, white all dudes, white right? Dudes. How intimidated are you? Where are you living? Are you, are you staying with a friend at that point? Or Yeah, man. So um, I knew I didn't, coming out of college, I didn't have the money to yeah. go and, and, and pay, to live in and LA. pay yeah. whatever LA rent prices, it was. Right? It was crazy in LA. So um, I decided... Um, I said, okay, how do I, how do I work the system? Right. Mm -hmm. So how do I work the system? So, um, I purposely, I took a credit less my senior year. Mm -hmm. Um, and when I got hired for that job, I was a few credits short, even though I walked for graduation, mm. I still needed a couple credits to finish, finish. Right. Gotcha. So I decided to do that semester abroad. So I went through the semester abroad program, the mm -hmm. student exchange program, rather not semester abroad, student exchange program. Mm -hmm. And then I paired up with a, a, a school out in LA. So, wow. um, so perfect. So I did that and I said, okay, let me take my last couple of credits here. So at least I can get housing. I can mm -hmm. stay on campus. So I flipped Genius, all the student bro. housing thing Genius. and I said, and I did that. I was like, Genius. okay, at least I can go through, get financial aid, some form mm -hmm. of financial aid. I can stay 
on campus buys you time while i'm working it buys me time to mm. kind of get my life and stuff together it, so bro. that's kind of how i flipped that now were you living on credit cards at that point or no no okay no cool. so you know because you i mean you had mentioned it was a commission-based job yeah. so like i mean yeah. i know people who go to la with twenty dollars in their pocket in a dream and you know they grind it out facts and figure it out facts yeah so. man i mean my like i said my, my boss had created incentives for me for Perfect. cold calling and, yep. and things like that so um I was I was hitting all those metrics because I'm like wow. this I'm gonna get some money in my pocket. Mm -hmm. I didn't want to call back home to mom and dad and say hey I'm mm -hmm. struggling. Uh, whatever the, the case may be, you, you know make. it's the last call I want to be able mm -hmm. to make. So I was I was finding ways to be able to make it happen, man. I yeah. had other side hustles while I was out there. Got Resilience. myself some part time job, Resilience. Um, you know, on, on the side, and and it just kept myself busy. It was no sleeping, you know, for Love me it. for me whatsoever, man. Love so it. I stayed in the thick of things. It, it was like we said, it was it was it was intimidating mm -hmm. um, for me being out there. What, what was the hardest moment out there, man? Man, it was. What was that one moment where you're like, it, I, I got, I should call my parents, bro. So it was, it was, it was crazy, man. So I had this, I had this deal I had been working on. Crazy, mm -hmm. crazy story. Off I, a cold call, huh? Off a cold call. No, it was, okay. it, it was off of an event. Okay. So, um, I went to an event. Um, a, a friend of mine, actually, a friend of mine from Worcester. Um, mm -hmm. uh, shout out to my man Javon, Javon Langford. Javon, hey, Javon was, Javon was out there in L.A. Uh, Javon, uh, super plugged in already mm -hmm. in LA and Javon used to invite me to all these events and stuff. So mm -hmm. went to an event and I was just working a room, um, was working a room, um, with, uh, I met a guy who was working with, um, the X factor and Kelly Rowland, um, at the time. So, um, told him what I did. We stayed in touch. He hit me up. Um, I was cold calling, mm -hmm. reached out to him, sent him a couple emails. He never responded. I responded one day. Hey, um, Hey, you're still in the private jet business, right? Kelly Rowland mm. needs private jet uh, to be going back and forth from the X Factor UK. Um, and it's going to be crazy amount of flights mm -hmm. a week, bro. I'm ecstatic. I got mm -hmm. the whole office. I got the, the president of the company working on this deal with me. I'm working on it. Everything is going as planned. Everything is going as planned. So time to close the deal now. Hey, we, signed, mm. we sent the contract. Uh, let's call today, Blee J, to see if they can get the do, contract signed. Do you signed. remember what the deal was worth in USD terms? Bar, bro, I, I was bar. probably I was probably making um, commission wise off of that, deal. or even just total. Like, what was, what was the cost to the to the client? Um, it for the duration of the time that they need, I would say yeah. it was probably gonna be like half a million dollars. Okay, cool, five hundred yeah. grand deal. Yeah, five hundred grand deal. Hey. So yeah, yeah. And, and I was I was good off yeah. of that. I'm like, this is finally yeah. the big break that I need. Uh -huh. So call the client day one. They hadn't signed a contract yet. Day two. Hadn't signed a contract yet, so mm. my get my boss involved. He's like, All right, mm. let me make this call. Yeah, he let calls, me close this deal. Yeah, he calls. He's like, let me let me do this thing for you, BJ. Yeah. So he calls, um, and the guys are like, "Man, we love everything. All the options. We're ready to pull the trigger." But unfortunately, the X Factor decided that they will handle the transportation for the judges for Kelly. Mm. That's how I lost that deal, bro. I mean, mm. I was so I was spent, and then this was doing like. Thanksgiving, close to Thanksgiving weekend, right? So I think I'm going to go into oh, my Thanksgiving again. And then on Crush. top of that, I have nowhere to go for Thanksgiving. I don't Crush. have any money to fly back to Massachusetts. Um, I don't know anybody really out in LA. Mm -hmm. um, you know, at that point, you know, my man Javon, he's doing his own thing. And, mm -hmm. you know, um, and and Thanksgiving, I'm in the dorm room. No money to buy food. Mm -hmm. Um, I think I mm. probably just had enough to go to the vending machine and, and buy a honey bun from the vending machine or something. That was, it, that was listen, a real moment. Listen, the power of broke. Yep. 
the power of a real moment. what happened to you in that moment mm -hmm. and the things that you told yourself yeah i'm sure you told yourself oh yeah i'm i'm, I'm gonna make sure the next thanksgiving i'm yeah. renting a mansion airbnb and i'm and we popping bottles yeah. right I'm, I'm gonna be thankful for facts you know what i mean like uh, and you think about you know I, I can name 10 people right now who go from broken hungry climbing trees for fruit and eating yeah. mud to seven figure net worth at, by 30 by 40. Mm -hmm. Right. There's something yeah. about being piss poor yeah. that gives people resilience and grit, man. Yeah. Um, so I, you know, I, I love when I see that. I love when I see an immigrants yeah. for sure. Yeah. Um, so a 500 grand deal falls apart. Tell me about the biggest deal that you've closed or one of your biggest successes. So one of my biggest successes came when I left LA, LA. and left that company. So when I was working in LA, um, the whole private jet thing didn't pan out. As, as well as I wanted it to pan mm -hmm. out. Um, I was attached to a couple of small you, you deals. You did become a private jet, you know, Hollywood guy. Nah, it's, it's crazy, it, man, it's, it's crazy, right? So there's there's a kid on Instagram right yeah. now. Uh, I'll call him, uh, like, he flies uh, Big Mills boy. Uh, mm. uh, let's call him, what's his name, man? Uh, it's like P, uh, PK Jets or something like from a kid uh, from Ghana. Uh, uh, and uh, he's close with Diddy, Meek Mills, and he's, he's doing all this jet stuff. And I remember back in the day when I was working at uh, uh, Apollo Jets in L.A., they had wanted me to create um, like a private jet network of um, like, like, yeah, entertainers, rappers, and, and, and even like wealthy Africans. Mm. Right. So they're like, Bleacher, how do you create this stuff where we can get jets out to all these people? Mm -hmm. But at the time, it was like I didn't have the reach to be able to do that, right? I didn't yeah. have all of the right people in my network to, to be able happen. to create that. And then at the same time, I'm broke. Like I have to, you, 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 you need money to get to certain places, right? So it's like the certain events that I wanted to go to, I couldn't mm. make it to the event because I didn't have the money to be able to make it to the event, right? Mm. So that was the frustrating part where I was like, man, I was on the verge of creating. And when I look at him on Instagram now, I'm like, man, this is crazy because this is what could have been me. This is what my man's uh, uh, the shout out to my man Andrew, the 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 vice president of Apollo Jets at the time. Like, this is mm. what Andrew wanted me to be. Mm. And I look at it and I'm like, man, this is crazy. And yeah. I'm like, and you see the support that he has, this kid has around him that has helped him to to create this success. And you know, but um I, I looked at that at the end of the day when 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 I was at, at Apollo, I had to make a decision. You know, mm -hmm. I was at a point where I'm like, I'm grinding this thing out, but financially my semester was was, was ending. I wasn't going to have the finances that I needed to put me into housing to keep living in LA. Mm -hmm. And at the time, the passion for trying to go back, there's an opportunity that came actually that came for me to try to go back to Liberia. Mm. Um, first opportunity came for me to do some infrastructure work. Um, and I entertained the opportunity. I was like, okay, this is going to be a salary. At least some money is going to be coming. It broke my heart to try to leave LA. Mm. I went to my boss. I told him, I'm like, hey, Andrew, I appreciate everything you guys have done for me. But I promise you for the rest of my life, anything that I do, I will continue to find private jet customers for you and your company. Like, I don't care what industry I'm in, what I'm doing, yeah. or even yeah, when, yeah, or even when if I start flying private, yeah, of course. I'll, I'll bring customers to you be. for the rest of your life because he's like, please don't worry about it. But yeah, yeah. So and that's just uh, loyalty. That's man, brand loyalty, man. Crazy loyalty. So yeah. I got hired by this company out in, um, in DC, um, mm -hmm. the opportunity to go to Liberia kind of fell apart. Yep. Um, so I, I left LA Temporarily came to Massachusetts back home with mom and dad because I was mm -hmm. supposed to be heading to Liberia in a month. 
Mm-hmm. The guy lost his funding for the company I was supposed to work for in Liberia. Mm-hmm. And now I'm in limbo again. I'm like, man, this, this, I'm going from bad to worse. Like mm-hmm. I just left LA. I'm living the LA lifestyle at least. Mm-hmm. And I'm back in Massachusetts where it's snowing. Mm-hmm. Then I'm back in the house with mom and dad telling me, I told you so. Mm-hmm. And so I had an opportunity, a friend of mine who was in LA when I was doing my internship, she called me, she was working in DC with a company. She said, I'm working for this real estate company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it will be good for you while you figure out what you want to do. Yeah. So I'm like, okay. Gives you real estate exposure. Yeah, gives me real estate exposure. I applied. I got the job Boom. quickly. Boom, on a Boom. flight to D.C. I remember that. Yeah. Now I'm moving to D.C. I'm in D.C. now. Yeah. One of the first things I did when I started working for this company, I went to the travel, the lady, the the, the travel coordinator, head of travel. Yeah. I'm like, hey, do the executives here fly private? She's like, oh, once in a, once in a while, not really. I was like, but, you know, I work with a private jet company. I still mm-hmm. have a relationship with them. I'll get you a good deal. Now, now you're just a channel partner at that yep. point. Five, right. probably five, no, four months into me working in this company, I get an mm-hmm. email in my company email. Hey, Blee J, the, comp- the executives of our company have a trip to fly out to California. Um, can you connect me? Can you give me an option Boom. for like uh, a jet Boom. that holds like 100 people Boom. or something like that? I love it. Listen, to pause you right there, right? Yeah. I, I listen to the Bigger Pockets podcast and Brandon talks about like the power of putting stuff out there. So when someone asks you, how are you? You can say, oh, I'm good. Hey, by the way, I'm looking for a two bedroom, one bath if you know anything, yeah. right? You say that one little sentence mm. and it just slips into everyone's subconscious. And anytime they come across any deal, that's powerful. they're going to text or email you. Literally, you're, you're creating people to find the opportunity for you. Absolutely. Right? This dude did that. You know what he did? He said, hey... Uh, real estate's getting a little crazy, right? The market is just going up and up and up and up. And it's, is it going to pop? Is it going to come down? Is it going to do this for another 10 years? We don't know. So in terms of real estate stability, they said, what's stable, right? Luxury apartments. Okay. Uh, what if there's, you know, hard financial times, yeah. will we still be at, you know, hundred percent capacity? So they said, what about mobile home parks? Mobile mm-hmm. home parks are always going to be good because people are always going to be poor and they're always going to need them. So that's going to yeah. be a stable financial asset. Uh, and also a way to, you know, have that in your portfolio and you can make it a good experience mm-hmm. for your tenants and stuff. Um, and so he says that he says, Hey, you know, if anyone knows, I think he was on another podcast, like, Oh, if anyone knows of any uh, mobile home deals, let me know. And I, you know, I think he had a goal to have like one or two parks by the end of the year. I think he has like five, uh, he creates this whole subsidiary company where uh, anyone can, it's kind of like that rooftop idea where you can invest into his company as long as you're accredited. Right. Okay. Um, but just the power of, ta- you know, asking people yeah. for things, um, boom, it's, goes a, it's, goes it's, a very long way. Real. You asked for that jet business. She kept it in her mind and you get, you, it's real. Did you close the deal or was oh, it? We closed oh. the deal. We closed so you got paid on that? Yeah, yeah I got paid Amazing, on that. Amazing, man. I got paid Amazing. on that, man. It was, it was, it was such a surreal moment yeah. um, because it's like, I'm just starting at the other company. Mm-hmm. I'm in another sales position at this mm-hmm. new company, even though salaried, I'm in yeah. another sales position. And that literally the money I made from that commission is jumpstarted me. I was staying with my sister when I went to DC. Mm-hmm. So this helped me put a down payment down mm-hmm. for my apartment. Get it. it helped me, you know, do some other things, put some money away, mm-hmm. you know, save some of it. Um, and do some of the other things that I wanted to be able to do, man. So, you know, like, and from that period, there's been some other smaller deals that I've sent to, you know, to Apollo Jets that have closed mm-hmm. as, as well. And, you know, to this day, I'm always looking out if somebody wants a private jet in some type of way, Absolutely. that relationship is always there. And I yeah. mean, there's You're someone, yeah, at man, that point. I mean, and, and, and it's, it's, it's a relationship now, you know, mm. the, the VP of that company, um, he sees me as a friend and a brother, 
Yeah. Um, and he sees my elevation and my growth and, you know, he just, it's, he, he respects the loyalty and, he, and mm -hmm. he's so excited about it. And, and I think it's, it just goes to show, man, you know, sometimes you can be in a space where you want something so much, um, but you, you, you kind of, you shut the door closed because you're not building relationships and, and you're not thinking about where in the world am I going to meet up with this person again? Where in the world is, is my name going to come up? Where am I going to miss this opportunity? And for me, mm -hmm. I'm always thinking, Hey, even if you and I part ways today, I know that you were put in my life for a reason. I know this opportunity came in my life for a reason. Mm -hmm. And that's just, that's, that's how I think, you yeah. know, at, at the end of the day. So, um, you know, everywhere I am, anything that I do, I know it happens for a reason. Um, and, and I think, like you said, I, I consistently, tell my story. Um, I consistently mm. put myself out there. Uh, and if it comes back, it comes back. Um, yeah. if it's delayed, I know some way or another is going to come back and you know, it's going to be to my benefit. Absolutely. Lisa, this has been a joy. Uh, it's good to catch up. It's good to hear, you know, the fine details of your journey. Uh, I see it, you know, from a glance on LinkedIn and Facebook. Um, but I know you're doing great. Uh, yeah, let the you, people bro. know where they can find you on social. Yeah, so I'm on um, almost every major social media platform. Um, number one place uh, to connect professionally is LinkedIn. Uh, so my name on LinkedIn, Blee J Ennis, B L E E J A Y I N N I S. The same name on Facebook. Um, I'm also on Instagram at Mr. M R underscore Ennis. My last name, I N N I S. So um, reach out, let's collaborate, man. I'm, I'm someone who um, I, I love meeting new people, I love experiencing new things, I love introducing my culture and, and what I do to other people. And, you know, I'm looking to build you know, with new partners and, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm always opening the door to be a sponge to learn and, and for people to be able to learn from me too. So um, reach out to me if you're interested in anything that I've discussed and, you know, and, and you want to find ways for us to be able to, uh, to take over the world together. I love it, man. Thank you so much for your time and you, uh, looking forward to seeing you soon. I appreciate it, brother.